Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome back to another uh, podcast on disciple making. I'm Tim Beadle with my friend Darren Ride, and we welcome you for the next 20 minutes or so as we just have a down to earth look uh, this week at someone who wrote in to Darren uh, with some opinions and questions about uh, disciple making and can it really happen in a established traditional legacy church as we know it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Darren, take it away. Why, why don't you read? Uh, uh, what came into you, and, and then we can just go through it bit by bits, and hopefully end up uh, uh, with some some helpful observations and maybe some challenges along the way. Sure. Yeah, this was a response to a video about just the challenges of disciple making in in Legacy Church, and person's honest, you know, gut reaction to it as a as a pastor in in such a church. He made these made these simple points. He said, "Making disciples does not equate with making money." That is getting a paycheck. Yeah, Churches don't pay their pastors to make disciples. Grow the church, but even that doesn't equate to making disciples. I've always maintained it's easier to make decisions than it is to make disciples. And we're basically encouraged to help people make decisions and then move on. So it's no surprise people say the church is a mile wide and an inch deep. I think we'd agree that in order to do what you are suggesting, and that's talking about actively focused on disciple making, you pretty much need to leave the institution you've been called to lead or serve. <laughs> and so that's kind of his his yeah. wrestling with that. We may not yeah. agree with every point or sub-point there, Tim, but, you know, off the top there, he basically says, uh, you know, making disciples does not equate with making money. In other words, you're not being paid necessarily as a pastor to make disciples. Yeah, yeah. How, well, how do you, you react as a pastor to that? Yeah, well, when you think uh, of the traditional pastoral calling, you know, to follow Jesus, I know a lot of G, uh, churches on the front of their bulletins in the old days or now on their websites or even in the lobby, you know, they've got emblazoned on the wall, the Great Commission to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. And uh, the leader is supposed to be the visionary who would obviously carry that out. But practically speaking, I, I, I know what this guy's speaking because we don't have too many pastors out there who are actually uh, that's their sole focus and passion is making disciples and make disciples. They get caught up in the administration and the traditional expectations of what the pastor is supposed to do. Hmm. So, you know, if we did a straw poll of our listeners um, today, um, what percentage would you uh, suggest would uh, disagree with this guy and say, no, uh, pastors are paid to make disciples? Well, I mean, <laughs> I think our audience might not be a typical audience. People who listen to two grumpy old guys talking about uh, disciple making yeah. maybe not be your typical audience. Um, but I think a lot of a lot of people might agree that there is a disconnect there. You know, I was just in a, in a search team meeting recently, and I was going through uh, different errors we make in evaluating applicants to churches. Yeah. And one of the errors we make is something called halo effect where if a person is really strong in one area, we don't look at other areas of their life and ministry. Right. And I asked, I've, I've asked this multiple times to multiple search teams. And I said, in a pastoral situation, what is the thing above everything else that can provide the halo effect? If they do this one thing, well, they can, it doesn't really matter about what else. And they said, preaching. Preaching, yeah. It, 
typical lead pastor role. If they're good preachers, and I, I put it this way, you can pretty much get away with murder. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's maybe overstated, but it's like, that's the 80-20 thing, the 20 and the 80. And so yeah. if someone's a good preacher and they're not making disciples, they'll probably survive in a typical church. Yeah. Whereas as a lead pastor, whereas if they're not a great public pulpit communicator, but they're making disciples, they might not be in that vocational role for very long. Yeah, they can still carry on making disciples, but they might have some problems vocationally. Yeah, over the last 18 years as I've gone around being a coach to different churches, I, I would say that in a, a urban setting, preaching is would be the number one. I think yeah. in a rural setting, uh, mm. more of the shepherding. If the pastor is a good speaker, but he doesn't care about the people, he he, he won't be there very long. Yeah. And they, they will even put up with a less uh, than average uh, sort of preacher uh, if they know they're loved, then that guy will look after you and your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but neither of those neither of those options happen to mention making disciples. Uh, and I, I just I just don't think it's on the radar. I I've, uh, for the last you know fifteen to eighteen years, I've sat on countless search committees and read through resumes, and I'm always looking for people who claim to have experience in disciple making, but it is never on the top ten questions that's asked by a search committee of, of an applicant in terms of what's your philosophy of, they may say discipleship, uh, whatever that means, just just general growth in faith, but not specifically uh, ask if they have a track record in making disciples that make disciples. And uh, therefore, in, in this instance, I, I, I would agree with, with the, uh, the writer saying, yeah, uh, churches don't pay pastors to make disciples because they have other expectations, not that they're aligned with the uh, biblical standard of uh, the Great Commission, but that that's just how it is. Yeah. You know, I, I find interesting, Tim, that we can, that we have somehow come to the place where someone can be a good preacher, but not making disciples or a good shepherd, but they're not yeah. making disciples. And it's like, we have we've redefined what it means to be a good preacher and a good shepherd because yeah. you would think that that would include <laughs> that that might be a means or, or an avenue of making disciples. Whereas we've somehow managed to divorce it completely from that end. Yeah. I uh, met with a, a fellow. I just met for the first time at church this Sunday. And when I announced my new, new role as a pastor of disciple making, he came up to me and said, uh, I have a background with the navigators who are committed to making disciples and so I met with him for a good hour today. It just blessed my soul. And we're going to continue to meet now. But he said, uh, after he texted me, he said, it's wonderful to see a person in authority who's committed to making disciples. Hmm. Wow. Uh, as if that's an oddity. Yeah. And again, you're you're in a unique role there, Tim. And again, I just continue in, in my heart and mind, commend the leadership there and your pastor for allowing the freedom to have a pastor of not discipleship, which can be anything, you know, small groups and curriculum and, but actual disciple making with some freedom to pursue that. And, you know, hopefully this will be a catalyst to more normalizing of that. That's yeah. my hope. And, and when I read the, the text from the fellow, I immediately thought of the great commission where it starts out by, by saying all authority in heaven on earth, Jesus huh. said, has, has been given uh, therefore, go. And so uh, he tied the authority of leadership, like the lead pastor or a staff pastor, as it were, the authority that is being uh, in, endowed in you directly with the call to make disciples. Whereas 
I think if we asked uh, what does the pastor have authority over in the church, uh, disciple making isn't really on the list, at least not on the short list. Yeah, again, that's that that will hopefully be changing in your context and others. Uh, maybe I'll move on in this text here a bit, Tim. He he talks about how it's easier to make decisions than to make disciples. Maybe he's talking yeah. about here it's easier to get someone to respond to the basic gospel in some you know decision level uh, than it is to make disciples. Let's let's unpack that a bit. How do you react to that thought? Well, most most churches use. Uh, the counting of decisions as a metric on their dashboard for success. Uh, so, so therefore, uh, I think in a lot of people's minds, because it, it is the big one, if someone steps across the line of faith and makes a decision for Christ, they're, they're heaven bound. And, and uh, so, so therefore, we want them to find Jesus and to make a decision. But unfortunately, that that's not the end game uh, in terms of Jesus' view of, how we are to grow in him and mature in him and to bear fruit in him as well. So uh, I, I believe it is easier. Uh, and we do have programs like an alpha program that will bring people to the point of the decision. Uh, but as I uh, chatted with my friend today and I said, you know, uh, we have people all the time accepting Jesus, making decisions in alpha, but then we just drop them. Like there's no follow-up and, and they're just left. And so we were talking about what would be the next step to help them grow in becoming a follower of Jesus. But uh, what, what, what's your take on, on, on what he said there? Yeah, I mean, I, he's talking about a, a superficial belief. Maybe even some churches and pastors still use the phrase, you know, accepting Jesus into your heart, yeah. where, you know, yeah. a decision to repent and believe, which both are also yeah. gifts of the Spirit, and follow, you know, yeah. I, I have decided to repent, believe, and follow Jesus, which implies and includes baptism if it's biblical. Yeah. I think that... That is different than a prayer the prayer decision. Yeah. And, and I think if we're moving people to the decision to repent, believe, and start to follow through baptism, we have started to make a disciple at that point. Yeah, exactly. And, and the trajectory's been set. But we're in this funny world where, you know, our 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 tribe, Tim, year over year, historically for years and years, I don't know if it's changed, there are twice as many quote professions of faith as there are baptisms. Yeah. Year yeah. after year after year. That's very, very common. And what that means is those professions of faith or decisions are not definitely, clearly not leading into disciples. Baptism doesn't guarantee it, but it's another step in the right direction. And, and it's pretty easy to get people to pray a prayer or yeah. put a prayer on the screen and get them to raise their hand in response. Yeah. Uh, but to move down the pathway of following Jesus in obedience, the Great Commission, teaching them to obey, yeah. that's there's a big gap there. And and. Cool. Part of it has to do with the gospel we're preaching and what we're modeling and what we're calling people to. Yeah. Now, Jesus didn't tell us to make decisions. Mm. <laughs> he told us to make disciples. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, we've uh, become short-sighted because uh, we put a lot of weight on decisions. And as you could say, it could be just praying the, the sinner's prayer, as we've said traditionally. Uh, but there, there isn't this sense of what the repentance and the belief and the following leads to, which, you know, biblically, the outward sign of, uh, of baptism. But and then maybe they say, well, now you should become a member of the church. And then we need to get you in a small group. And then that's it. Uh, hmm. There's no strategic uh, vision of what a fully uh, mature believer would look like. And that's why we aren't seeing disciples in the church who are making disciples. It's like, unfortunately, it becomes a little clubbish where, 
you know, you're a member, you're, you're paying your dues and your tithe and you're expecting services of the church, but there's no sense of a, a, a compassion and compulsion that I need to turn from an inward focus in my own life about what the church is doing for me mm. and actually look outside to others and find one person that, that you could just walk beside and say, hey, that, 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 as Paul did in, in 1 Corinthians 11, when you follow me as I follow Christ. We're, mm. we're on a journey to, journey together. I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think implied biblically what it means to be a disciple, it means to be on mission with Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's a phraseology we use here, all in on mission with Jesus. That's not the higher Christian life. That's not, you know, and that's the basic Christian life. Yeah. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to partner with him in seeking and saving the lost, to, you know, be you know, praying the prayer for his yeah. kingdom to come as will be done and 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 living in a way that that brings that to bear and and really to be living that on mission life, which Tim, we've talked about before, it's possible to be a pastor, not be living like that, yeah, exactly. much less a lay person. And for me, I've had to and and you've helped a lot with this, just to be honest with where I'm at and how I've led and lived and how I do evangelism and what I'm calling people to, that it's it's if we're not modeling that for people, it's no surprise they're just making decisions because that's all we've done sometimes. Yeah. And so, so you know, I, w- I would challenge people and pastors in particular, if, if you have your your weekly planner in front of you, it, it gets filled up very rapidly. Uh, how mm-hmm. much time is committed to uh, making disciples? Yeah. Uh, like, like intentionally, rather than just, so someone wants to come and see me and uh, they, they have an issue they want to talk about. Uh, but but there's there's no strategic commitment uh, mm. to block out e- even a day a week uh, just just to make a disciple or help others who are trying to make disciples. I think that would change everything quite quickly. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Now uh, going on in this 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 message I received here, he says, uh, in order to do what you're suggesting, you pretty much need to leave the institution you've been called to lead or serve. So he's basically saying to do what you know was described in that video and actually making disciples, it's so different from what you're being paid to do that you might have to leave that. How, how do you, yeah. as a as a vocational pastor in Legacy yeah. Church, react to that? Well, just before we get to that, he he did say one more thing. He says so. He said so. It's no surprise people say the church mm. is a mile wide and an inch deep. And I, I think he really is summarizing what we just said, is that mm. we can be busy uh, doing a lot of things, um, but it's sort of like the uh, the parable of the maidens at, at the end of uh, of the gospel where uh, they they weren't ready. They, they, they weren't there when the master returned. They, they were getting more oil for their lamp. And mm. there's a lot of running around in the church getting things ready uh, but we're not watching, not watching Jesus, not only for his return, but for his imminent presence with us now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we move on to this, this section about how you really have to turn your back on the status quo church of the day, um, there might, that, that might be the, uh, the easy way out, I would put it mm-hmm. that way. Because I, I still look at the, the local church as the bride and body of Christ. And... I believe there's there's always a sense of redemption within the body, uh, but it takes a few things. It, it, it first of all means that we need to honor Jesus by staying in the church, and I'll also realize asking, do we have staying power? Because this is not an easy easy course correction. 
Mm. Um, and also, are you modeling the behavior you want people to follow you in the church? Mm-hmm. Now, if uh, if I'm assuming this is a, a lead pastor in a church, then it's on his shoulders to sort of plant a stick in the in the sand and and, and draw a line there and say, uh, this is where I'm going to stand. And uh, maybe he doesn't fit and he'll move to another place to find it. But at least uh, he'll be known for what he does. Also, uh, do, do you have influencers on the board of elders or whatever who you can capture their hearts and imagination? Or are you just going to try to do this alone? Uh, the reason I met with this fellow today is because it's great to have a title of pastor of disciple making, but the church hasn't slowed down to say, okay, so what does that mean and how can I get involved? Right. And yeah. so I think upon the, the prodding of the Lord, uh, this fellow came and now we'll meet every week and pray together. And uh, in faith, we believe uh, within the next year, maybe we can, we can find 30 or 40 people to join us as in a large church, obviously over a thousand. Uh, but that's how it'll, it'll start small. Uh, but, but finally, you know, if you really want to be a disciple making pastor, do you really have a clear sense of vision? What it will look like along the way? Mm. Because there's going to be a lot of tough slugging along the way. And therefore, do you have a sense of, of uh, God sightings uh, like I did this morning? Uh, I was so encouraged just because here's someone who's actually didn't wait for the church to uh, uh, tell him to do this. He's just doing it naturally uh, with two other guys. And he said, uh, I said, where do you meet? He said, we meet in a restaurant, but it's getting kind of expensive. So I said, <laughs> hey, why don't you just come in and meet in my office? He said, Really? So yeah, like come in, and that would actually model to others who might be around the office that yes. there's disciple making going on in your presence. Yeah. So, um, so I, I I don't ever want to say, and I know there are people who say this. Uh, good luck, you'll never make a dent in the church. Hmm. I I don't believe that. I I believe because we haven't modeled it, but I also believe the um, before harvest comes the cultivation stage which i'm in now and that's the hardest one the tough slugging of mm. breaking ground and uh again putting that stake in the ground and saying this is who who we are and what we're going to do oh yeah amen to that you know we we do need uh, tim in that kind of context you need to hear from the lord for sure and mm. and and spirit directed wisdom and leading change like leading change in any area is difficult and what yes. we're talking about here is leading change at almost a a fundamental level, the church has often been built around something other than disciple making. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we bump up against the parable of the wineskins. Yep. But in a context like you have, where you've got some freedom to pursue that, you know, you you have some some margin in your your yeah. your job description, as, as it were, to, to do that. You have someone already stepping up who's into that. You know, you can start to see the 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 positive leaven working through the dough there a little bit. And that that's that's really quite hopeful. Well, there has to be a platform. Um, so you said every once in a while we'll just check in to see what I'm doing. I've I've got 13, 13 things on a list now that I'm doing. Um, but a lot of it is planting seeds and trying to find a platform that we can communicate with the church. Now, fortunately, I get to preach in three weeks about the cost of discipleship. Hmm. But but that, that's going to be a launching pad because, yeah. uh, you know, the church is not the delivery system. It's the platform and the people are the delivery system. So I'm going to be on a platform uh, to talk about the, the bigger picture of um, of what it's going to mean for us to really honor Jesus and uh, reciprocate 
his his love for us and his call and command for us to follow him. Yeah. Well, I, I find myself, Tim, you know, as we move towards closing here, you know, in, in two worlds, uh, in a, you know, in legacy church roles as a transitional coach, sometimes transitional pastor preaching, as well as in our, our 12 church ministry, which is built around the concept of disciple making. And, yeah. you know, there are people who are eager. There are people who want to follow the Lord as he leads. And in some cases, it just means having a clear call saying, hey, this yeah. is what we're actually called to. And when they see it, you know, it's clearly in scripture, which it is, they're ready to go. And so I yeah. think a big part of the bottleneck is for us to model it and communicate it clearly. And I think that's what's, you know, happening in your context and hopefully in mine and our listeners as well. And yeah, I would I just say, Tim, you don't need to be a pastor to model it or no, you don't. in this area. No, well, this fellow has been doing it by himself. Uh, now we're just going to authenticate it as if now it's a church program. No, but but my, my thought there, that this fellow, he, he seemed to be sort of, uh, sort of just standing by himself. And I, and I thought of Moses in the Old Testament that, that God had two men to come and hold up his arm in battle. Mm. And uh, I would pray for this guy and others uh, today who are listening to this and say, oh, my, my heart is burning. I wish so much I, I could uh, make a change in my church. Well, well, he can by the teaching of Scripture and, and the uh, power of the Holy Spirit, but by finding one or two who can just come around you, beside you, pray with you, and uh, it's amazing what God can do where two or three are gathered together. Amen. I think that's a great place to land, Tim. Yeah. And I just encourage, you know, ourselves and our listeners to, again, ask the question, Lord, not what should I do? We already know what we should do, make disciples. But Lord, how? In the context I'm in, what's the, the strategy you want me to, to implement? How do you want me to function in this? And to graciously push ahead, inviting people to join us as we follow Christ. Amen. Well said. See you again, folks, on Disciple Making. I'm Tim, he's Darren, and we invite you to join us in the journey and adventure of making disciples and make disciples. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.